It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Dolphins. It is Monday, September 14th, 2020. And today's episode is brought to you by Pepsi. This football season will be different, and Pepsi here is to make sure you are ready for game day, no matter how you choose to watch this season. Regardless of the fact that the Dolphins lost their first game of 2020 by 10 points, I'm still very excited for the rest of the season, and listen, Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers, because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. Pepsi. Made for football watching. Go to madeforfootballwatching.com and check out the latest football watching content from Pepsi. I don't know about you, but there's a lot of emotions that have been swimming through my head since New England's 21-11 victory over the Miami Dolphins culminated on Sunday afternoon. I'm sitting here, it's 7.20 p.m. on Sunday. I've let this stew for a few hours, make sure I'm not overly emotional for the podcast. I'm Kyle Krabs, host of Locked on Dolphins, managing editor of USA Today's DolphinsWire.usatoday.com, director of scouting at thedraftnetwork.com, lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, and somebody who, ahead of this game, ultimately, at the end of the day, picked the Patriots to win this football game. But I'm still pissed. And the reasons why I'm pissed aren't that the nest, they are that the Dolphins lost, but it's not necessarily that the Dolphins lost the football game or that the Dolphins gave up 217 rushing yards and 29 first downs. Generally speaking, you knew coming into this game, the coaching dynamics were going to matter. And I've had some interactions on social media in the aftermath of the game, and people are saying, oh, you knew Cam Newton was going to run the football, but you still let him do it. It's unacceptable. Don't oversimplify the game of football. Yes, we talked about the Patriots are going to run QB power. They're going to be a smash-mouth ball. They attempted 19 passes in the game. 
And Cam was 15 of 19. You know why? Because they had so many wrinkles onto the plays that they're doing. I could sit here and tell you, yeah, the Patriots are going to run Cam Newton 15 times. He's going to rush for 75 yards. And you would simply just say, okay, tell the Dolphins coaches to key on Cam Newton in the running game. It's not that simple. It's when they run orbit motion or jet motion or when they check empty and then they motion the back out from split wide and they've got the sight adjustment they need and they do RPO you. Because in the first possession of this game for the Dolphins, defensively, they played two high safeties and Cam Newton gouged them up the middle. So then the Dolphins start double A-gap loading in pre-snap and walking extra people onto the line of scrimmage. And for the rest of the first half, it worked fairly well. The end score at the end of the first half was 7-3. to But then the Patriots come out, and they start running the play-action passing. And they start running different looks with jet motions pre-snap and giving the ball in some of these zone read QB powers, and they think they pulled a guard on every play. And it's not simply as watered down as you knew the Patriots were going to run the football. Why didn't you stop them? Because without a preseason, without any barometer or or guide whatsoever of what Josh McDaniels' play calls were going to look like when the Patriots had the football and they were looking to run the ball. I can tell you they're going to do QB runs, but you have to know what pass routes they have attached to the backside of it. You need to know what their indicators are for whether they're going to pull it and throw it or give it to the back. You need to know what their tendencies are on down and distances. You need to know what personnel groupings tell you with tendencies for what they might be doing. The Dolphins had none of that because there was no preseason. And people are angry. Dolphins fans are pissed off at the Dolphins coaches for a defensive effort that was 357 yards, 140 yards passing, 42 attempts for 217 yards on the ground, and 34 minutes of time of possession for the New England Patriots. Could it have gone better? It sure could have. But you also have to keep the perspective that this is a new season for the Miami Dolphins. And if you think about what this team did last year in week one versus where they looked in week 17, last year in week one, the Dolphins gave up 59 points, 643 yards of offense, 265 rushing yards, and 31 first downs to the Baltimore Ravens. We gave up 21 points and 357 yards. It was a lot on the ground. I get it. And I also get why some Dolphins fans are pissed off because we beat the Patriots in week 17 and we sat here and listened to how the Patriots dynasty is dead and how the Dolphins have gotten so much better over the offseason and you're expecting to walk all over this team. They still have the best head coach in the history of the NFL. They have a former NFL MVP who's 31 years old and had a full year to get himself healthy, and he's pissed off that he sat on the sideline for three months and couldn't get a contract to play football, and he's got to play football this year for a million dollars because nobody wanted to sign him. 
and the Patriots have the luxury of not putting anything at all on tape after two decades of running their offense exactly the same with the same non-mobile quarterback. And you guys are pissed off about 200 yards rushing on the ground. Meanwhile, Ryan Fitzpatrick threw three interceptions in this football game, and two of them were bullshit. We're running cover one. Adrian Phillips buzzes out of the B-gap and is standing. He doesn't move. And Fitzpatrick throws the slant directly at his head in two-minute drill with the Dolphins down 7-3. And then we get to the two-minute drill inside of two minutes, and we're down in the red zone, down 10 with an opportunity to potentially score. And I get that Mike Gusecki was interfered with, but Ryan also threw the ball into double coverage. Everybody that I have read on social media is so mad at the Dolphins for their run defense. But we need to be talking about 269 total yards of offense for the Miami Dolphins and three interceptions from Ryan Fitzpatrick. Because the interceptions were brutal. Yes, Preston Williams fell down on the first one and Stephon Gilmore made an excellent play on the ball. But you know what? This is a timing-based offense. And all the receivers talked about, oh, it's so great we get all this flexibility to run our routes. And as long as we're in the right spot, last I checked, I don't think there's any routes that you on your ass at the top of the route stem is the right spot to be for the timing of the throw. So I'm not going to dog Ryan Fitzpatrick too hard on the first pick. And the Dolphins' defense held. This 21-11 to loss for Miami was a collaborative team effort. The run defense, yes, it could have been better. But when you have so many layers of RPOs and zone reads and QB powers and play-action passes dropped into the same game and you have no indicators for any of it, and you're trying to adjust on the fly, and you're making an adjustment, and they've already made the next adjustment and tweak to put all the wrinkles on top of it because you've had no opportunity to see it on film. I can only get so angry and frustrated with the Dolphins' defense, and the talent is clearly better. Offensively, we saw some of the issues that we have talked about throughout the course of the summer on this podcast Come to life. This team played in the 15-yard box today. We had one play from scrimmage that went for longer than 20 or, that 20 or more yards. Devontae Parker going down definitely hurt the cause. But at the end of the day, this is not a group of receivers and pass catchers that is crafted to create plays with the ball in their hands. And I don't see how it gets better. So we need to talk about... Devontae Parker's injury, we need to talk about the passing offense, we need to talk about how quickly we can get Lynn Bowden and Malcolm Perry up to a point in which they can dress for the game and play and try and give us a different dynamic in the wide receiver room. Between never-ending laundry cycles and incoming emails, you've got plenty on your to-do list. Give yourself one less thing to worry about and get DoorDash and let it take care of your next meal. Whether you want Chinese or pizza or Froyo, there's something for everyone on DoorDash and you have counted on restaurants in the past, but now they're counting on you. Dining rooms may be closed, but restaurants are still open for delivery thanks to DoorDash. It is the app that brings you the food you're craving right now. 
directly to your front door, and their deliveries are contactless and help keep the communities that we are all operating in safe. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero in delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCKEDON. That's $5 off your first order and zero in delivery fees when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code LOCKEDON. Don't forget, that's locked on as the code five dollars off for your first order with DoorDash. Talking about erectile dysfunction isn't easy. Usually we just brush it off or blame it on some other kind of distraction, but with Roman, ED is easy to talk about with real healthcare professionals who can prescribe real medication. It's simple, safe, and totally discreet. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your own home. A healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan, and if medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you with free two-day shipping. This entire process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com slash locked on NFL and complete an online visit. ED used to be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today to connect with a healthcare professional and take care of it. Go to getroman.com slash locked on NFL today. If approved, you'll get $15 off your first order of ED treatment. That's getroman.com slash locked on NFL. Getroman.com slash locked on NFL. So like I mentioned at the top of the show, people are angry. People have a right to be angry. I understand why people are angry or frustrated with the end result of the Dolphins' 21-11 loss to the New England Patriots. But, but if we're being completely honest, this team shot themselves in the foot repeatedly. Jerome Baker's stupid, unnecessary roughness penalty on the end around the Julian Edelman Ryan Fitzpatrick, two of his interceptions, especially Ryan, if you want to say Gusecki was interfered with on the last one, that's fine. But it's a 10-point a, it's a game, and the Dolphins are on the 15-yard line. Don't throw that ball and run the risk of the turnover when you could still kick a field goal, make it a one-score game, and then you still have the opportunity to get the onside kick. It's poor awareness and poor execution. I was talking to, I'm down in Charlotte as of recording on Sunday evening, my co-host of Draft Dudes and, and Locked On Bills, so fellow Patriots hater and AFC East aficionado Joe Marino, we, we were talking on over the course of the weekend before the game, and it really felt like it would come down to who tackled better and who ran more effectively between the tackles. Well, clearly the Patriots run for 217 yards, they ran more effectively between the tackles. But I do look at the Dolphins and Miles Gaskin, 4.4 yards per carry on nine carries. Matt Burita, 4.4 yards per carry on five carries. Fitzpatrick, sadly, looks like he's going to lose his rushing title from 2019, and I think he's okay with that. We should all be okay with that, too. Jordan Howard, he started okay. His first three carries, he ended up having, uh, I think it was like 11 yards. And then he got some of the goal line touches and got stuffed at the goal line. He finished with eight carries for seven yards. The Dolphins as a team, 27 attempts, 87 yards, 3.2 yards per carry and a touchdown. 
this was such a sore spot. The Dolphins averaged 52 and a half yards per game rushing in two games against the Patriots last year, 87 yards this time. And the pace of the game, the, the score of the game, with New England being up 14 to 3 at one point, obviously Miami forcing the big turnover. The Dolphins had two and a half minutes time of possession in the, the third quarter of this football game. You can't have that. You can't lose an entire quarter of possession, and it was a minor miracle that the Dolphins only got outscored in that quarter 7-0, thanks to the Jerome Baker strip of Nikhil Harry down by the goal line that the ball got went through the back of the end zone. It was a turnover. Then the Dolphins go down the field in the subsequent drive, score, go for two, get the two, cut it to a three-point game. That was actually an area for me. We're going to talk primarily about the offense. I've, I've centered a lot of time thus far on the show talking about the dynamics of the defense and why I don't think it's fair to really sit here and and dog the Dolphins for flying blind into this football game and trying to make adjustments, and then having the team, the Patriots, have a if B, if A, then B, and then we adjust to B, and then they go to C, and we adjust to C, and then they go to D. That's just a, a lack of preparation, and it's not a preparation that I can really get on this coaching staff for because they had no barometer of which to work with. You can't go look at the new, the Carolina Panthers' offensive playbook when Ron Rivera was there and how they used Cam Newton and expect that to correlate and be a direct one-to-one result that you could prepare for the New England Patriots for because it's a totally different style of play. And when the Patriots did try to do traditional drop-back passing, I thought the Dolphins were very well prepared for it. Everybody's wrong. Everybody's mad about the wrong thing here, in my opinion. We're all upset that the Dolphins gave up 200 yards rushing offensively. There's some silver linings. I thought all, rookie Austin Jackson at left tackle played really well in this football game. I thought he showed well. Ryan Fitzpatrick was only sacked once. He didn't have the same frantic chicken with his head cut off dynamic like he had last year in so many football games where the man was just running for his life. I thought the pocket stayed fairly clean. Fitzpatrick had the opportunity to stand in. He let that deep over route to Jakeem Grant for a big gain on third down develop and stood in and made the throw. He had the opportunity to step up in the pocket on several occasions. Offensive line was a pleasant surprise, and we need to remember we were facing Bill Belichick's defense. Does it sting a little bit that they didn't have Bo Allen and they didn't have Dante Hightower, and they didn't have Patrick Chung? Sure, it absolutely does. But they have had players, they're one of those teams that reloads. They don't rebuild, they reload. And the players that stepped into those roles were players that have been a part of this organization for an extended period of time. They know the system, and they executed. And the Dolphins' limitations in the skill groups reared its ugly head. I did not think the offensive line was too problematic. The yards per carry was tanked by the possession down on the goal line where it took us three carries to get a yard. There was a fair amount of push. Were we overwhelming up front? No, but the Patriots are gap control style defense, and that was playing strength on strength. Our skill group, on the other hand, leading receiver Devontae Parker, who played in the first half, missed the entire second half because of a hamstring issue, which, by the way, is an, an, another problem entirely. Devontae Parker, talent has never been a problem. Durability, 
his body and health, these have been problems for Devontae Parker. And he missed a week of practice leading up to this football game, and then he missed the second half. That's a problem. And when Devontae Parker's not on the field, and Stephon Gilmore can periodically shadow Preston Williams, you've got Mike Gusecki, Miles Gaskin, Jakeem Grant, Isaiah Ford. These are the pass catchers for this football team. Tell me which one of those players is superimposing for you. Preston Williams showed some lack of refinement as a route runner in this football game, and that's why he couldn't find separation. He was targeted seven times and he caught two footballs. You want to know why? Because he was blanketed against really good man coverage the entire football game, just like every other receiver that we have. And that's been one of the core areas of focus that I have talked about with this team, with this style of play, with this offensive coordinator, and this personnel grouping, is they are not built to create plays after the catch. They are not. And it showed. Because there was very little in the way of separation. And we tried to big boy him. Gusecki, he did okay. He had the one target up the left sideline that I would like to have seen him come down with the football. But you know what? Ryan Fitzpatrick didn't put that back shoulder on the back shoulder. He put it over top of the defender's helmet on the inside. This offense, and this is, this is the biggest area of concern that I have walking away from this football game. You're going to have to win with size, so the windows are going to be tight because you're not going to win with separation. So now you have to hit your pass attempts at a higher batting average, so to say, because you have to pass with more volume to, to cover equal amounts of area of the field because your skill players are not going to create those plays after the catch for you. Just listen to the Dolphins receivers. Devontae Parker played a half of football, four receptions, 47 yards. Preston Williams, seven targets, two catches, 41 yards. Gasecki, three for 30. Miles Gaskin, four for 26. Jakeem Grant, three for 25. Isaiah Ford, two for 13, and Patrick Laird, two for nine. That's every Miami Dolphin that caught the football. This problem is not going to go away with a change at quarterback, and that's all you're going to hear this week is, when is Tua going to get in the game? If Ryan Fitzpatrick throws another three interceptions and the Dolphins lose to the Bills, are we going to bench Fitzpatrick? Maybe Tua's better accuracy gives you a better chance to hit at that higher batting average on your pass attempts and not have those fatal mistakes. But it's not going to help this group create more plays after the catch. One thing I did do throughout the course of this week, and I did not enjoy a Dolphins dub, but I did enjoy a Built Bar, or 10, if I'm being honest with you. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. And that was before Built Bar totally redid their formula for creating their protein bars that feature up to 20 grams of protein and less than 200 calories per bar. So whether you're looking for a tasty treat, a post-workout snack, you're on the keto diet, or you just like delicious things, Built Bar can be that for you. And right now, all Locked On listeners can go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and get $10 off their next order. 
That's promo code locked on to get $10 off your next order with Built Bar. So visit BuiltBar.com and find out what all the fuss is about for yourself. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on. Must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. I feel like I've gotten a lot of weight off my chest here on this show. Like I said, I was frustrated by the loss. I picked the Patriots to win the game, but I was still frustrated by the loss because it felt like it was a game that was there to be had. And I understand why people are frustrated with this loss too. But what I would encourage you to do is think about this game and think about how tantalizing we were close to winning this football game with. And if we get a couple bounces, and never mind the fact that that roughing the passer call on Cam Newton with courtesy of Brandon Jones was BS, or if we get the defensive pass interference call on Mike Gusecki in the end zone on the third interception. Patriots got some breaks. Let's call a spade a spade, but that's usually how the cookie crumbles. Think about how close we were, and now think about what it felt like a year ago when the Dolphins lost 59 to 10, 43 to nothing, 31 to 6, and 30 to 10 before the bye week last year especially those first two games. Aggregate score of 102 to 10, and the Dolphins had 384 yards of offense and seven turnovers in those two games combined. And then think about the five and four stretch that the Dolphins football team finished the year on that same year. And have the perspective to understand that this is a long process. 16 games is not a lot of games, but it covers a lot of ground. And this is just the tip of the iceberg, and the Dolphins, as a young team, with half of their starting lineup being players that weren't on the team last year, there's going to be growing pains. The question is, can you work through the growing pains and pick up a couple of wins so that if you follow the same trajectory as last year and you continue to get better from the start of the year to the end of the year, that you're not starting the season in an 0-7 hole like the Dolphins did last year? Can you be 3-4 and and then win 5 out of 4 or 5 out of 9? Because if that's the case, you're 8-8 and and you're probably going to be playing impactful football games late in December. It's so easy to think, and I get it, we all had the momentum of, wow, we beat the Patriots in Foxborough last year and they lost Tom Brady, we're going to go beat their ass. And it didn't happen. 
That's why Brian Flores in the press conferences leading up to this football game said it's a different year. Indeed it is. A different year. So now, the task for the Dolphins is to take this, apply the lessons here, grow, get better, learn what mistakes were made. I think eye discipline on defense was a really big problem. Offensively, we need to find ways to get guys more separation and provide opportunities to create plays after the catch. I think Buffalo in Week 2 is a much better litmus test of growth for the Dolphins because there is not that unknown dynamic. The Bills are, just like the Dolphins, it's a new year and a new team. But the Bills brought back their offensive coordinator. They brought back the vast majority of their personnel on the offensive side of the football and the defensive side of the football. We know who the Buffalo Bills are. We can refer back to game take from last year and week one and say, okay, this is what they're typically going to do in this game situation. This is how they're going to attack this formation. This is what we anticipate they will build upon and try to show us next. The Dolphins had none of that walking into week one. And when you're going against the best coach of all time with a seven-month gap to prepare his team to play you completely under the veil and shroud of mystery, he's probably going to have an advantage no matter how good Brian Flores is as a head coach. So you have every right to be angry and upset and frustrated that the Dolphins lost. Because I am too. But keep it in perspective, please. I'm trying my best to as well. But the negativity was really frustrating after the game. Rome wasn't built in a day, neither are Super Bowl contenders, and the Miami Dolphins won't be either. It's one of 16. We got a lot of football ahead of us, guys. So I hope you'll hit subscribe on the podcast. Take the ride with me here on Locked On Dolphins. Tomorrow's Power to the Pod. We'll hopefully get some additional dynamics regarding this football game. Get a chance to watch, rewatch the tape. The coach's tape for NFL Game Pass comes out, so I'm going to watch some of that. And hopefully provide some examples of the things that I'm talking about because it's so easy to say, oh, well, the, Dolphin, the Patriots are going to power, power run dynamics with Cam Newton. But until you see what that looks like and you see the layers that they're going to build on top of it, that knowledge only takes you so far, which we saw on Sunday. Hit subscribe, power to the pod tomorrow. Come back and see me. Kyle Krabs, thanks as always for listening. Hope you keep it locked in right here on Locked On Dolphins. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. 
They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.